The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by ComBank, committed to being a better bank. Find out more at combank.com.au forward slash better. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 8th of November. In your Squeeze today, Labor's election review, details of the drought package, Q&A's new host and nailing your cocktail order. This is your Squeeze today. One of the big things that happened this year, Claire, was the federal election that was back in May, if you can believe it. A lot's happened Mm. since then. Of course, to the surprise of many, Bill Shorten was beaten by Scott Morrison and now the Labor Party has concluded a review into the election campaign and what went wrong. So, Claire, what went wrong? few things, according to the review. So Jay Weatherall, who's the former South Australian Premier, and Craig Emerson, who's a former Cabinet Minister and a Queensland MP, said that Labor's policy agenda was way too cluttered and it didn't really hit the mark, uh, that the party's campaign tactics didn't adjust to actually deal with Scott Morrison as the leader of the coalition and not Malcolm Turnbull, uh, and also that Bill Shorten was extremely unpopular. So on those three counts, which are three very significant things, they said that not one thing was the uh, overwhelming reason for why Labor lost that election, but when they came together, it certainly really was a problem for them. The review goes into the detail of the voters who deserted Labor. What does that demographic look like? Yeah, a a lot of people who are very key to Labor's support. So we're talking about low-income workers, devout first-generation migrant Christians, uh, and Labor traditionally has had a a fairly good handle on migrants. Also coming in for special mention with coal workers, of course there was the issue with Adani uh, that was really difficult for Bill Shorten to manage during the election. Uh, Queenslanders as well, that that went down to Adani and and also a lot of retirees there. If you'd like to read the full review, a link to it is in the first paragraph in the Squiz Today email. Bill Shorten put out a tweet yesterday and admitted many of those mistakes. One of the quotes from that tweet was, were the universe to grant reruns, I would campaign with fewer messages, more greatly emphasise the job opportunities in renewable energies and take a different position on franking credits. Anthony Albanese is now the man in charge of navigating Labor's ship. He's following up today with a speech to the National Press Club. Look out for that. We previewed yesterday the government's latest drought package. Now we know the full details. Yeah, more than $700 million will be channelled to help them. We're talking about farmers, small businesses and rural towns. A lot of initiatives that are going to be topped up and also access to certain programs is going to be broadened. So that was very welcomed. Also, there is on offer more than a billion dollars in new interest-free loans. The National Farmers Federation President Fiona Simpson and uh, welcomed that and said that it demonstrated that the government had listened. Um, Other critics said that uh, it's still an ad hoc kind of response from the government. But Scott Morrison said, look, as the drought evolves, the government has to evolve its response to it. Moving away from politics now, and two Australian men have been killed in New Zealand. It appears their ropes were severed on sharp rocks during a rock climb. Yeah, two men from Canberra, um, Brett Lentfer and James Spale, um, died on Wednesday. It was quite an effort to recover their bodies because they were in a really difficult part of the Remarkables just near Queenstown. Their guide was unharmed uh, and police and the company uh, that they were using for that climb express their sympathies. 
Over in the US and federal prosecutors have accused two former Twitter employees of spying on behalf of Saudi Arabia. They're accused of taking sensitive information that only someone on the inside of Twitter would have access to and using a third party to get that to the Saudi government. They were targeting people, reports say, who were critical of the Saudi regime. People who are watching this very closely say that there is a whole track record of the Saudi government coming after people who express dissent about that Saudi government. And you only have to think about the murder of writer Jamal Khashoggi to remember that they do go to extremes. So it's quite a dangerous situation and one that international authorities are really watching closely. Back Here and the ABC's Q&A is one of those shows that seems to generate a lot of news. And now the public broadcaster has announced who will replace Tony Jones as the host next year. Yeah, Hamish McDonald, who has had a go in that chair. Um, He's also worked across a number of programs. He's only 38, but he's done a lot of work in some very high-profile positions. He's played a hosting role on the project on Channel 10. Uh, He also has an occasional filling gig with Radio National's Breakfast Show uh, and has done programs for Foreign Correspondent. Not an unfamiliar face, as you say. Former host Tony Jones is leaving to join his fellow ABC journo wife, Sarah Ferguson in China, who's heading up the ABC's bureau over there. A message quickly now from one of our partners at The Squiz, BP. As part of our partnership with BP, The Squiz has sat down for a quick chat with their chief economist, Spencer Dale. He's been in Australia to talk about the dual challenge the world is facing to provide more energy to grow and develop economies around the world whilst also reducing emissions. Stay listening at the end of this podcast. Claire speaks with Spencer about Australia's role in all of this. Friday Lights, Claire, check it out in the Squeeze Today email, a selection of longer reads today, including uh, the creator of Fleabag, Phoebe Waller-Bridge in US Vogue, and a brownie recipe, can't really go wrong with those two things. I know. And to Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I really like her attitude to ordering cocktails. She said that she's found her cocktail, which is a vodka gimlet. And for the first time in her life, she's able to go to a bar, order with confidence and give off that impression that she really has her life together. And that really struck a chord with me. <laughs> I'm so, I totally get that as well. What do you actually order when someone says, do you want a cocktail? Well, vodka gimlet apparently gives you the confidence. You so give it a try maybe. <laughs> What's the email subject line today? It exactly accords with that. So I've gone for pink, um, raise your glass with the line from that song, slam, slam, oh, hot damn. I think that's a really good one for Friday. We got through the week, but also I think that confidence that, um, that she has is really a slam dunk. Yeah, good one. We did have a big week here at The Squiz. Not sure about those listening, but we did get through it. Thank you for listening to The Squiz Today podcast. Stay safe over the weekend, particularly those on the New South Wales mid-north coast who've been battling bushfires, though conditions appear to have eased. Weird weekend of weather, actually very hot up north and unseasonably cold down south. That's all from us today. We'll chat to you on Monday. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. Spencer Dahl, thanks again for joining the Squiz Today podcast. A pleasure. Spencer, for more than a decade, Australia has really struggled with that energy and climate policy area while we also derive a lot of our export income from commodities like liquefied natural gas and coal. What role does Australia play as a large international supplier of those energy sources? So Australia is one of the world's largest uh, 
exporters of liquefied natural gas, LNG, is playing an absolute critical role in terms of allowing economies like China, like India, who don't have access um, to their own gas supplies, can't get huge amounts of gas from pipelines. The only way they can feed and allow themselves to um, get access to that gas is via liquefied natural gas. And that's having a huge impact. In, in China, we've seen a massive switching from coal to natural gas um, in over the last two or three years. All of that has come about from a coal to gas switching policy. Um, partly to reduce um, carbon emissions, but even more important in, uh, motivator in, in China was to improve air quality. They call it the battle for the blue skies. They want to get their blue skies back. And a key way they can do that is switching away from the use of coal to natural gas in buildings and in industry. 80% of Australia's greenhouse gases come from electricity generation, transport and agriculture. They're very big industries for us here. To rewire those is going to be very expensive and that really has been the sticking point in the debate. What is going to make our policymakers and businesses make that transition to a low emissions future? So um, we, we know how to do it and I think it's just a matter of the will to, to push this these things through. So we, um, 60% of your power comes from, from coal. Um, renewable energy has grown very rapidly but the renewable wind and solar power, together with hydropower today in, in Australia, only accounts for around 20%. That's not that high. In Europe, it's considerably higher. I think in, in Germany, in the UK, it's close to, to 32 33%. So the penetration of renewable energy in the power sector today here is not that large relative to, to what we see in other parts of the world. So there is, there is scope to, to keep pushing in that direction. Surveys show that the community is becoming more concerned about the impact of climate change. What role will people power have in making changes in what's really traditionally been the realm of governments and markets? I think people power is absolutely critical in in driving this transition to a low carbon energy system. And I think in, in sort of two respects. One is they can demand it of governments and they can demand it of large oil and gas companies like us that we provide the cleaner um, energy um, that, that, that they, they want. But it's also in our own behaviour. You know, carbon efficiency um, starts um, at home. We're, we're doing this podcast in, in a room which is really quite chilly and it's chilly because the air conditioning's on. Why on earth are we sitting here cold with the air conditioning on where 60% of that power that we're, we're using for that air conditioning is coming from, um, is coming from coal? If you lit up a cigarette now, you, we'd say, my goodness, that's terrible. That's appalling behavior. The fact we're sitting in a room slightly cold with air conditioning on, we think is acceptable. If you go to Japan in the summer, um, you never pack a tie. I never pack a tie and you know, I never pack a, a jacket. And they have a policy called cool biz. And cool biz is, it, the, the policy is it's shirt sleeves, no jacket, no tie. Because ever since the Fukushima disaster, they've taken energy efficiency very seriously. The air conditioning is not turned up very high. And as a result of which, it's a bit sticky. And so if you get a bit carried away in conversations like I do, you can, have, you can feel a bit tight, a bit, a bit hot by the end. But that's taking it seriously. That's taking energy efficiency seriously. So I think, you know, yes, demand it um, of governments and of corporations, but also demand it of ourselves. Carbon efficiency starts at home. Spencer, thanks again. It's been really great to speak to you. Thank you. This interview is presented by our partner at The Squiz. A message now from our podcast partner, 
Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more. 